On this episode of the podcast, we're going to break down Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. We're also going to give you our top five NBA players with the most pressure to perform next season. And we're also going to dive into the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry. When you look at Steph Curry coming out of Davidson, if you would have told me that he would have been one of the most deadliest three-point shooters in the league and was on his way to gain the fourth NBA title, I would have been like, wow, he surpassed anything I ever imagined for Steph Curry. If you had told me he would have been second to only LeBron James coming out of Davidson and being number two like of that era, man, he definitely blew it out the water. He surpassed anything that anybody ever expected. If anybody told you coming out of Davidson that he was going to be the player he is today, they would have been lying to you. You're tuned into the New Channel Sports Podcast, the ultimate sports talk podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to the new Channel Sports Podcast. My name is O.N.E., the one and only. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, please do me a favor and go ahead and subscribe. You can do it on any major podcast platform available. You can also go to our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelled N-U channelsports.net. You can also go over there and subscribe as well. Give us a follow on Instagram. Give us a follow on Twitter. Go ahead and check out our YouTube page as well. We have an awesome show in store for you, ladies and gentlemen. I am joined by my co-host, Anthony, the Ant-Man, Feli. How are you doing today, sir? Man, just kicking it on this uh, on this holiday weekend, man. How are you doing? How's the fam? Oh, man, the fam's good, man. You know how it is. They're all good, you know, just trying to hang in there. Um, no sports um, today that we're talking, but this evening there will be sports once the uh, podcast kicks off. And uh, I can't wait for that game seven, sir. Oh, it's going to be a great game. I think uh, game six, is, and we'll talk a little bit more about it, but uh, the only thing I could say is where has that type of playoff battle been? through this whole series. That's what the people have been looking for right there. No, absolutely. That's exactly what the people have been going looking for. I guess we can just go ahead and kick off the podcast. We're talking about the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. They played game six the other night, and, and Jimmy Butler was playing his butt off. Every time someone doubts this guy, everybody, every time someone says he's not a superstar, he goes out on the court and proves why exactly he is a superstar in this league, man. I mean, what I mean, he's a superstar, bro. Is he not a superstar? And is is Jimmy Butler a superstar? So the last time I was on the show, we actually talked a little bit about Jimmy Butler. And my thoughts on this have not changed. If you haven't listened to the show, please go back and listen. But one thing we talked about was this man is an absolute beast. He's a giant out there on the floor. He's he's one of the few NBA stars that will actually leave everything he has uh, when his team needs it the most. And uh, last night was no different, man. I, I am incredibly impressed by Jimmy Butler. 
Um, he looked a lot like the Jimmy Butler we saw in the bubble finals against the Lakers, and you could just tell, man, he expended. I hope not everything that he had, but he wasn't he wasn't shy about leaving it out there last night. That's for sure. No, he definitely was not shy about leaving it out there last night. If he would have told me before game six that there was going to be an individual that was going to go out there and put up 47 points and nine rebounds, I would have told you it was going to be Jason Tatum. That's the person I would have thought it would have, would have done it. Uh, Jason Tatum had a, a pretty good game himself as well. He had 30 points and nine rebounds. But after game five, going into game six, most of us thought that, OK, Boston's going to go ahead and close it out in Beantown and go ahead and go to the, the championship to face the Golden State Warriors. But Jimmy Butler's like, mm, not too fast. They have a game seven tonight. Miami and Boston. Who do you have winning that game at, man? Well, th- this one, this this one kind of plays at my heart a little bit. I-, I have the Celtics winning this game, but man, I would not mind uh, the Heat taking this one. I just don't think that they can get that again from Jimmy Butler. That's what they're going to need. They're going to need another game six type performance from Jimmy Butler. So I got the Celtics winning this one. And you know, you and I have talked off the record. I had Celtics in six. Um, they're not going to get it in six, but I, I, I think the Celtics will still take this game in Miami. Yeah, I got the Celtics winning. I actually thought the Celtics might do it in seven because the Heat, they're just so resilient, man. That group of individuals, they just don't know what the word quit means. So it, it, it is fair that everything goes down and comes down to a game seven. I don't know if you saw Draymond Green on TNT and they asked him, um, who would he like to face in the finals? And he did one better. And he said he thought the Boston Celtics would win. And whenever something like that happens, bro, I look at that and I think, oh, no. He he just jinxed the Boston Celtics. It, we might be looking at a Miami Heat and Golden State finals. It's very possible. Uh, if the Heat do take that game, uh, it, or if the Heat do take the game seven, I do think that they're worthy opponents to see the Warriors in a uh, in a finals matchup. I think this game seven, though, is going to be about turnovers. Oh, if you look at uh, really how this series has has unfolded in games where the Celtics are turning the ball over, they lose. It's as simple as that. Last night is no different. Uh, they they had 17 turnovers. Uh you just can't you can't beat a team like the Heat who's going to scrap and fight for every inch on the floor. You can't give them extra opportunities. And if the Celtics come out in a game seven with 17, 18 turnovers, then the result's going to be the same. And we will see a Heat uh, Warriors finals. Now, Draymond, I think. The jinx is, is possible. You use jinx. I just think motivation. All he did was give billboard material for uh, for the Heat. And believe me, the Heat the Heat don't need that. They, they, they're, I mean, you look at the characters they have there. They have the a scrappy Jimmy Butler, a fierce Udonis Haslam. I mean, that's who the culture is. Man, I, I think uh, I think we could see or we I think a Heat Warriors finals would be valid. I think it would be a good matchup, but I just don't see the Heat taking it. Uh, Draymond, stay off of TNT. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, say that, don't say that again. Yeah, Draymond is actually, he's on TNT. They're paying that man to be on TNT, so we're going to yeah. see a lot yeah. more of Draymond Green on TNT. I do like 
the uh, back and forth that he has with Charles Barkley on there too as well. But man, I had the Celtics winning this game, game seven, but I would not be surprised if Miami won this uh, game seven and 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 punched their ticket to the finals. Um, I you know, I, I just I go at the Jimmy Butler man. I know that he is a key to to winning, but when you look at other players that are keys to winning on the Boston side, I look at Jalen Brown. If Jalen Brown can somehow take the pressure off of Jason Tatum and play at a level that we not necessarily expect him to play at, but play at that second superstar, right? That person that is, you know, um, the Robin to the Batman. You know, I love these DC references. If you don't already know that, I, I like DC references. Yeah, so yeah. Jalen Brown is definitely going to be the key on the Boston Celtics side. Who do you look at as the key on the Miami Heat side as far as helping out Jimmy Butler? Because we, we can't expect Jimmy Butler to come out here in game seven and score 47 points, nine rebounds to do it all again. Who do you look at that has to help him in this game seven? Ant? It's got to be it's got to be Bam. Bam has to do better than six points in 41 minutes. Uh, I think we've seen what what Bam could do. I believe he, you know, um, he had one really standout game in this series. Uh, it, it's going to take a lot of a lot more effort from Bam in the game seven to help Jimmy Butler out. That's that's who I see needs to be the next man up for the Miami Heat in game seven is, is Bam Adebayo. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that for sure. I think Bam Adebayo is definitely the guy that we're going to be looking for to step it up if the Miami Heat want to win this game seven. If you look at the games that the uh, Miami Heat have lost in game two, Bam Adebayo, his stats, he scored six points. He had nine rebounds. That not not very good. Game two that they lost. Okay, so you look at game four. Game four, Bam Adebayo. What's your stat line for game four? Game four, he scores nine points and has six rebounds. Game five, you look at Bam Adebayo's stats in game five, he scores 18 points, has 10 rebounds. So that's a little bit better. But let's look at the games in which they've won. They won game one. Bam Adebayo um, has 10 points, four rebounds. Mm, you know, not not too good, but not too bad either, I guess I want to say, but... Well, that was another Jimmy Butler game, game one. You know, right. Jimmy Butler took that game over in the fourth quarter, and it wasn't really a whole lot more the, the Heat needed in game one. There was a game that they won to where he scored 31 points. But my point being is is this, that if Bama Bayou can go ahead and relieve some of the pressure off of Jimmy Butler, then their odds of winning go way, way up. Yeah, that was game game uh, game three. Bama Bayou, he had 31 points, right? He had 31 points. And 10 rebounds in game three, which they won. And then in this game six, which you already know that Jimmy Butler went off. Bam Bayon has six points, but he needs to be a key. I think in general, that whole team needs to go ahead and step up. Kyle Larry, he had a dismal game five. He bounced back quite nicely in game six. He had 18 points and 10 assists. He only had two turnovers. So that's that was really key. They need Kyle Larry to step up as well if they're going to get past the Boston Celtics and find themselves in the NBA um, championship, which would be pretty interesting. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that it was a, a fluke that they made the finals in the bubble before and now they're just totally crushing that that was not a fluke this team is definitely for real jimmy butler is for real and i either one of these teams i would like to see face the golden state warriors but 
who knows what's going to happen at. That's why they play the game, oh. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. All right. So we both have Boston going up against the Golden State Warriors. Let's talk a little bit about the Golden State Warriors, shall we? Golden State Warriors, they make their fourth trip. No, is it fourth trip? They make their sixth trip. Excuse me. Their sixth trip in eight years to the NBA Finals. Steph Curry is looking for his fourth NBA championship. He's looking for his first NBA Finals MVP. And you look at what Steph Curry has done, and you look at what this Golden State Warrior team has done, I look at them as being the dynasty ant of this era, right? When you go to the final six out of eight years and you've won three championships looking for your fourth, you're definitely a dynasty right now in this league. And look at Steph Curry. Where do you rank Steph Curry if he's able to get his fourth championship, Ant-Man? That's that's a great question. So I I go back and forth with this all the time. Um, I think... I think Steph Curry is is a is a game altering, game changing, or league changing type of player. I think he's a transcend a transcendent talent. Uh, he's definitely sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, has changed the game of basketball as we know it. Uh, but I still I still tend to think that Steph Curry is is a lot of product of his culture and environment right I, I don't know if this same Steph Curry is who we see if he goes anywhere else in the draft uh and, and develops anywhere else Golden State and the culture that they have there has fostered and cultivated his talents and allowed him to be who he has become and it's been extremely fun and frustrating and polarizing to watch but if he wins four rings, he's he, he's at least top three in this at least this era of basketball. You know, I would put him on that very short list because just the consistency he's gotten there, the winning percentage will be higher uh, than a LeBron James winning percentage. He's done it in the West, which historically has been a much tougher conference to come out of than the East over the last, I guess, ten years or eight years or so. So. In spite of all the all the things that I, I guess would be like a slight to him, I still would put him up there, you know, top. Th- I would say top three easy if he wins his fourth ring. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how you feel about it, but that's that's kind of where I got him. Yeah, I think if he wins his fourth title, I'll I'll go a step further and put him top two. It will be LeBron James's error and then Steph Curry. What Steph Curry has been able to do as far as revolutionizing the game and just making that three point shot the most deadly shot in the league. No one else has been able to do it at the clip that Steph Curry has been able to do it. When you talk about great three-point shooters, the names are the name that came to mind before Steph Curry would be Ray Allen, right? Ray Allen was a deadly three-point shooter. But when you look at his career, later on, he became like a, a set shooter. He didn't really dribble off off the screen as much or drive to the basket. Steph Curry is running through screens. He's stepping off the off the basket. He's kind of what you look at as Reggie Miller. He's Reggie Miller 3.0. And then his 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 handles are way better than what Reggie Miller was able to do on the basketball court. So when I look what Steph Curry has done and where he's come from, the reason why his career has been so great is also what he's been able to do with his talent. And let me explain what I mean by that. 
when you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo, you look at uh, LeBron James, you look at Kevin Durant. When you look at those athletes as they were being drafted, you thought, oh, man, that person is going to be great. They are going to do some great things in the league. And so when you look at their career and what they've done, you measure that and say, you know what? Yeah, LeBron James did about what I thought he was going to do. He's won four championships. He's been league MVP. He's been um, MVP finals MVP. And it's just it just, you know, it matches his 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 body type. It matches what we thought he was going to achieve coming out of um, high school. When you look at Steph Curry coming out of Davidson, if you would have told me that he would have been one of the most deadliest three point shooters in the league and was on his way to gain a fourth NBA title, I would have been like, wow, he surpassed anything I ever imagined for Steph Curry. If you had told me he would have been second to only LeBron James coming out of Davidson and being number two, like of that era, man, he definitely blew it out the water. He surpassed anything that anybody ever expected. If anybody told you coming out of Davidson that he was going to be the player he is today, they would have been lying to you. So that's why I have such great respect for what Steph Curry's been able to do. And he's just been, he's been amazing, man. He really has been. And, and he, have to, you have to give him his flowers. People want to say, is he a point guard or is he not a point guard? He's definitely a point guard. What make people say that is because he is the best shooting point guard that we've ever seen in the history of basketball. And so when you take that into the equation, man, he's just he's just been deadly, bro. And, and it's been something to, to see. And I, we're going to we're going to he makes it look so easy. Right. Other point guards come in and try to emulate it. But he makes it look so easy what he's doing. And this is where the league is going to now. Ant. Yeah, that that's what I mean by the transcendent talent and, and how he's changed the game. He has really just altered uh, the, the very shape of the NBA as we knew it coming out of the, the 90s and the early 2000s. And it is that deadly jump shot, and it is his willingness to shoot, but it, it, it's also his fearlessness to shoot. And uh, I, I have to agree with you on, on this in the sense that People want to kind of pigeonhole him in this point guard. We have to remember that he's a lot of the reason why the NBA is is pretty much positionless now. You don't really have big centers anymore, and you really don't have a one guard and a two guard anymore. You have a guard. You have you know, and and both can handle the ball and both can shoot. I mean, that's that's kind of how the game's revolutionized. Everybody on the floor should be able to shoot. You know, by by today's NBA standards, right? So I, I agree with you there, and I definitely agree with you by the movement what the off ball he's one of the few guards in the NBA today that plays off off ball the way that he plays and it really is amazing to watch especially for any student of the game out there i know the the three point shot looks great and it's 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 sexy and you know everybody wants to do it but pay attention to what Steph Curry does when he doesn't have the basketball because when he's not shooting well Steph Curry still influences basketball games by moving off ball, by creating room for his teammates, by making the right plays, by getting the critical rebounds because he'll he'll sneak in there and get a rebound here and there. But Steph is always moving and he's always making the defense have to account for where he's at. And that's that's the important thing that he does for anybody who who's learning the game of basketball and, and trying to learn from what Steph Curry that the shot looks nice, it's it's sexy, it, it's it's what everybody wants. But the work that he puts in off ball, that's where it's at. 
you're absolutely 100% right. It was a perfect storm of the team, the organization, and the players. You have Klay Thompson, you have Draymond Green, and you have Steph Curry. That is the core of that Golden State Warrior team. And I think when we talk about revolutionizing the game and other teams trying to emulate what teams are doing, other teams are trying to emulate what the Golden State Warriors are doing. You know, you look at Draymond Green, sometimes he runs the point, right? And he's a small forward, but he runs the point. He pushes the ball up the court sometimes, and he's looking for Klay Thompson or he's looking for Steph Curry to try to uh, get that open shot. So everything that they've been able to do and how they evolved and grown into what we know as the Golden State Warriors of today, is it was just a perfect storm. And I, I don't think that they would all be as successful as they are if they weren't all on the same team. But you look at what they're doing with Jordan Poole as well. He's coming into his own also. You know, he comes in, he contributes. Andrew Wiggins comes in, he contributes. So it's that organization is what they're doing. They're kind of they're kind of pushing San Antonio out the way, right? When you when you think of the organizations that have been doing it so well for so long, I've always thought about the San Antonio Spurs. But now it's the Golden State Warriors, man. Even after this year, their run might not be over. Who's going to beat them next year, right? They're going to be the favorites well, to win well, that, next year, I think. Yeah, those that great points because, and I'm glad you brought up the Spurs thing because Kerr actually played for Popovich as he ended his career. So you would think like a player as they're ending their career, they start looking more into the X's and O's of the basketball game as their as their skill set seems to diminish. And I believe that Steve Kerr picked up a lot of that. Uh, maybe NBA IQ or structure that pop values and, and that we've come to know from the San Antonio Spurs for so long. I don't think there's any, there's, there's, there's just no secret to that. Kerr knows how to get the best out of his players. I mean, even uh, Kevon Looney, I mean, Kevon Looney has been playing larger than life out there, right? I mean, he's not giving you a whole lot of points, but in three of the last four wins, he's had 18 rebounds, 12 rebounds, and 12 rebounds, right? So, the, you know, three three games in double figures and a monster game two in that in that Western Conference Finals where he had 12 rebounds and 21 points on 73% shooting. I mean, that's that's nuts for Kayvon Looney, right? So if, if if that's the Warriors system, that that's how they work. And I'm glad you brought up the Spurs because the, you see you see a lot of the Spurs uh, organizational structure in this Golden State Warrior team. I think you're right. I think this team is going to be fully healthy, stocked and loaded. This team, they may run off another three or four titles in, in the next five five years. Ooh, three or four? Man, that would be that would be a damn accomplishment for that organization if they were able to do that. But who's to say they can't do that? I think a lot of people in the NBA world kind of wrote them off this year. And then as they started winning games and they went on that little streak, you're like, oh, boy, oh, boy, the Golden State Warriors, they're not done. And now during the playoffs, they've made this run. They're back in the finals. Uh, Clay Thompson has been a big part of that as well. He's completely healthy now. I forgot how long he was out, but now he's back. And in and, and that game five, man, he was he was going nuts. And, uh, you know, it's really scary that you have a team that arguably has two of the best shooters of all time on the same team. I mean, that's absolutely nuts, man. I, I can't even begin to explain to you 
what the Golden State Warriors have been able to do in this organization. And you're right, man. If the if everything falls into place with a little bit of luck involved as well, you can continue to see this team to win even more championships. This run is not over, man. They they could continue to do what they need to do. And we know we're, we're talking like we're almost talking like they're going to win this finals. Right. I I have a weird way of thinking about the finals. This is put a little caveat on this. I really do think Miami has a better chance of beating the Golden State Warriors than the Boston Celtics, even though I'm picking the Boston Celtics to win. I think that if Miami were to find their way in there, I'm not saying they're going to win, but if Miami were to find their way in there, just because of the way they play, the greediness that they have, and the way they're able to slow the game down a little bit, they might have a better opportunity in knocking Golden State off than the Boston Celtics would. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, just want to touch on the Golden State Warriors and and you know the dynasty with Steph Curry and all of them. All right, so let's end off this show with a top five. This is the top five presented by the New Channel Sports Podcast. All right, Ant. So we're gonna name the top five NBA players with the most pressure going into next season. Right. I'll go ahead and start off. I'll give you. My number five, and then uh, we'll go back and forth, Ant. You get number four, I get number three, number two, and then number one. So at number five, I have James Harden with the most pressure to produce next year. The way this season ended was a disaster for James Harden. He needs to get his butt into the gym, get his butt in shape, and go ahead and prove to all the doubters that he's not washed. Because what we saw last year indicated that he might just be washed but there's a lot more that goes into it than just that it was his attitude it was the way that he demanded to get out of Brooklyn the same way he demanded to get out of the Rockets organization and now he's playing exactly where he wants to play and he's not living up to expectations even though we may not expect it the Houston Rocket James Harden to be in Philadelphia Philadelphia expected a, a better version of what they saw. And you, we have all these clips and all these tapes of James Harden. I, the word I want to use is being lazy on the court. And that just goes against him, right? He needs to bounce back next year. And I think there's a lot of pressure on James Harden to bounce back next year and have a productive season. So at number five, I have uh, Mr. James Harden. Oh, that's a great one. That's a great one. He's also on my list, by the way. Uh, at number four, I'm going to say Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic, he's, he's going to be in the hot seat next year. He's going to be in a lot of pressure to to improve. Uh, now, I will say this with the, with the – uh, a caveat that the Dallas Mavericks organization has to do better this offseason and get somebody else to compliment him. But what I saw from him in this playoffs and what I what my biggest knock on Luka is he carries a superstar status and he carries all the love and adoration of a superstar. But Luka has a habit of quitting on his team. I saw it several times in a closeout game against the Warriors in this Western Conference Finals where he refused to run up the court and play defense. He has to get better on the defensive end of the ball because he is a huge liability for Jason Kidd and the rest of that group out there on on defense because it doesn't matter what scheme Jason Kidd puts out. Luka Doncic not 
not being a defender, it, it just hurts you, and you're not gonna you're you're not going to get to the next level uh, if if he doesn't evolve into a defensive player. So for all these reasons, that's why I have Luka Doncic as the number four player who's under the most uh, under the most pressure to uh, to improve next year. I don't know, man. I don't know about that one, man. I, I think that Luka Doncic and the Dallas um, Mavericks exceed expectations this year. And I don't really know there's a lot of pressure on Luka to do anything next year. But I kind of understand what you're saying. There's pressure in a sense of was what they did this year a fluke? Is he really the superstar that everybody thinks that he is? Because there's some people out there that don't think he's really that superstar. They think that he's, you know, he's a fraud. So we're going to really find out next year if Luka Doncic can really lead this Dallas Mavericks team on another run in the playoffs. But I don't know if there's that much pressure on him. And but we'll see. We'll see. At number three, Kevin Durant. I'm going to say Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant at number three. I think there's a lot of pressure on Kevin Durant to perform. He had a similar end to the season as James Harden did. Not as bad to me, even though that series really um the 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 um the the bucks really put a lot of uh pressure and, and really got physical with Kevin Durant and he just looked lost the entire series he really couldn't get everything anything going he couldn't build any consistency on the court so i think there's a lot of pressure on Kevin Durant to come back next year and really prove to people that he was for say the the driver of the bus right People are started to question his whole legacy because of that series. Even though he's getting older, I do think that next year is a very important year for Kevin Durant. He needs to get back, work on some of his game, and try to, um, you know, mesh well with Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons when they come back. I think part of his legacy is going to be those two players. If those two players are not on the same page, they're going to have a similar season. I don't care what anybody says. So it's going to be very important for Kevin Durant to bounce back. And I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure on him next year to do so. So I got Kevin Durant and number three. Ooh, great. I like that number three too, because I'm sticking with uh power forward here and I'm going with Anthony Davis at number two. Well, AD has got AD has got to show up next year. I have here. He joined the Lakers just before the 2019-2020 uh, season, which became the bubble season, he played 62 games in that season. But remember, he had four months off before they went into the bubble and the Lakers ended up winning a championship. The following two years, he played 36 games and 40 games. The injury proneness of Anthony Davis has been something that has plagued him throughout his career. But it just seems like as he gets older, we're just seeing it more and more. But even, even when he was healthy at the beginning of this young season he played very small he did not play at the at the level that you would expect a top five uh or at least a top 10 nba player and you know would would play i watched Giannis make him small i watched Embiid make him small but then i watched uh players like Whiteside and and uh at a bio and you know just people he would normally be eating alive in the paint they Anthony Davis has got to return to the superstar status uh, that we all have, I guess, placed him at or the pedestal we put him on. His stats this year, 
uh, just just to run them off real quick, 23 points a game, nine rebounds. That cannot happen. He's got a new coach in Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham helped develop Giannis. So I'm hoping, AD, if you're out there listening, please, AD is number two on this list for the most under pressure to perform. I can't disagree with that. That's that's a really good one. Anthony Davis definitely has a lot of pressure to perform after the season that he had this year at the Lakers. He's going to really, you know, have to do something to kind of erase the season that he's had this year. We'll, we'll see what happens from there. All right. So number one, I got the first overall pick in the 2019 NBA draft. That will be one Zion Williamson. He has has to bounce back next year. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him to prove to everyone that he deserved to be that number one pick. He has all the talent, all the tools, the athleticism. We've seen him dunk the ball many times, right? During this period where he's trying to rehab and stuff like that. And really at this point, I, I really don't care about that. He has to get on the court and he has to prove to people that he can be the face of this league, right? He was in the same category with John Morant. And John Morant has stepped up. He's playing really, really well with the Grizzlies. And he has gone into the playoffs and had made a big impact in the playoffs. We need to see the same thing from Zion Williamson. He has to get back on the court. He has to help lead the Pelicans into the playoffs. And he has to make a big impact in the playoffs. Because this, what's going on right now with Zion Williamson, it might be half you know bad luck with the injuries and the other half is on him he has to get his butt in the weight room similar to what i said about james harden get himself into the weight room get himself in shape so that he can be as productive as possible so i think there's a lot of pressure on zion williamson to bounce back next year and be what everybody expected him to be as far as being not just a superstar a super super superstar if that makes any sense because he didn't come into the league just to be anybody else or any other player he came into the league to take the league over you know people were looking at him the same way you looked at lebron james we're gonna get you in the league which i wasn't looking at him that way but people were looking at him in that same aspect as the next person as far as the torch being passed from lebron james to this person so there's a lot of pressure on zion williams to perform next year bro yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, he definitely came into the league with a lot of the hype and, and a lot of the expectation. He's got the size and the athleticism that a young LeBron James had when he came in the league. Plus, he's got the experience of having played for a, uh, a, a fine program like Duke in college. So I don't disagree with that. The, the biggest factor in this is you have to be on the floor in order to affect the game for your team. So all these stars out there, Zion, AD, Harden, you have to get your body right. You have to get your body right. If you want to make the money and you want to, you know, you want to be called the superstar and you want all the adoration. Oh, is absolutely right. Zion Williamson, I would, I cannot disagree is the number one player who is under the most pressure to perform. All right. So we have a uh, number five, James Harden, Number four, Luka Doncic. What I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit iffy about that one. And then at number three, uh, we had who did I pick at number three? We have Kevin Durant. And number two, we had um, Anthony Davis. And number one, we had Zion Williamson. These are the top five NBA players with the most pressure to perform next season. All right, and that was damn good, bro. You had a lot of good points, and, and you know, you, you're doing your thing, bro. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I, I, I'm just happy to be back. 
uh, doing doing this thing with you, and can't wait till Chris and the rest of the gang jump on as well, man. Uh, have a lot of fun with you guys and just doing what we love to do, talking sports. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, this has been Oh Andy, the one and only, joined by Anthony the Atman Felly. If this is your first time checking out the podcast, please subscribe. You can do it on any major podcast platform available. You can also go to our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelled N-U-Channelsports.net. Go ahead and subscribe there as well. Check us out on Afro Fives TV. Also, my boy Big Low and the phenomenal one Chris have been holding it down at Afro Vibes. So see your wonderful faces there as well. You can check us out on Instagram. Give us a follow on Instagram. Give us a follow on Twitter. Check us out on YouTube as well. Myself and the app man, we're going to try to put some stuff out on a more consistent basis on YouTube. So look, check us out there. Look, look, be on the lookout for us on, on YouTube. But, you know, it has been a pleasure. Um, until next time, uh, we are out. Thanks for listening to the new channel sports podcast. If you like the show, feel free to leave a comment and a five-star rating. Your support is very much appreciated. Also, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or on our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelt in you, channelsports.net. Got a sports-related question for the crew? Just leave a voicemail on our website. Till next time, have a good one and stay safe out there.